0: Well, why don't you tell us, uh, Evan, uh, again, this is your pick. It's a very you pick uh, uh, right down the line. What is going on with Bob Dylan in Tokyo, Japan, April 4th, 2016?
1: Well, I wanted for this one to find a show that involved uh, a lot of the stuff from the standards uh, records. And so I actually asked Ray Padgett what, was there like some good shows that kind of showcase a lot of that. And uh, this was one of the ones that he suggested. And it, I, it's, I saw one like glance at the track list and I just knew that this was uh, the one to do. Um, It's a really even mix. It feels of stuff from all over. Uh, but, a hefty serving of Tempest and of triplicate and that ilk. Uh, so it's, and it's so seamlessly combined that I, I just was really charmed and taken with it. I I think there's, there's performances on this that are straight up flawless versions of stuff on shadows. um, just, they sound perfect. And then there's some real, like, just picks that I obviously am going to want to hear. Like, there's uh, Pay and Blood, and there's uh, Beyond Here Lies Nothing. Things have changed. I, I can't... I, I guess if you don't really know the show that well, you might not know exactly the contours and idiosyncrasies of my particular taste of bob dylan but this has kind of everything i want there's the smooth and then there's the jagged stuff and then there's stuff that just is are just straight up great versions that would be at home at any other point on neverending tour uh shows like even the blown in the wind at the end the encore it's just a world class version of that like i don't know what what more to say it's just it's got it all and it's on firing on all cylinders i think if you like if if you don't know that stuff the the standard stuff this is where you might really start to feel like why don't i know it
2: yeah it's interesting like this show i looked it up i was surprised that this is the first show of 2016 yeah, uh, because the band sounds really great. I mean, they, it, it, it does not feel like oh, we're warming up on our first gig. This is the all. first uh, first show of uh, twenty sixteen. They played three shows in Tokyo in early April, and then they went back to Tokyo later in the month and did uh, seven more shows. All of which, well, save for one, were at Orchard Hall. That's where this show is. Uh, venue of it's about twenty one hundred seats. Uh, so. Just, like, a perfect size room to see Bob. Apparently, 2016 was, like, one of, like, the, like, less active years for Bob in this period. Like, he paid 75 shows, which was the fewest since the NeverEnding Tour started in 1988. Mm. And uh, just for comparison's sake, the next two years, 2017 and 2018, he played 84 shows. So, like, not a tremendously... Like bigger number but still more than this and then I think in 2019 he played 77 and I think he's slowed down a bit since coming back uh, on the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour Uh, but uh, you mentioned uh, the standards records the second standards record Fallen Angels came out one month after this show and there's a couple of songs on that record that he's previewing here Melancholy Mood and All or Nothing at All uh are songs that maybe were unfamiliar to Dylan fans, unless they just felt like, "Oh yeah, I've heard Frank Sinatra do those." And Bob seems to be in this headspace right now. But uh, yeah, like Evan said, it is. It does feel like, for the most part, Tempest song standard. Tempest song standard. Like th- <laughs> there's some deviations from that, but like that's basically the structure of this show the
0: only two modes of bob dylan that you need tempest song and standard tempest song and what why, why would you need anything else i
1: just think it's really interesting like the reason why i wanted to do a show like this was i was just curious what is it like like to see bob dylan looking back you know like, he was releasing only those kinds of things for like a period of seven years all that came out was that stuff uh and so what was it like to see him like In the thick of that, and just see his live performance suffused with uh, him being like totally mired in the standards material and that execution, that uh, approach, and it is really interesting. I think just to see that it's it doesn't take away from what he's doing normally, but there is this whole other, uh, this whole other sort of track that he can slot into and uh the whole band just like shifts gears very nimbly back and forth and he sounds his voice too just sounds really great
2: well yeah and that is the big thing about this period even if you are like unsure of the records themselves the rehabbing of his voice that making those records did is undeniable and paid off big time on rough and rowdy ways like you just the smoothness and uh power of his singing uh at this point in his career. I think it is like due to him exploring these songs and finding like another sort of uh mode in his voice. I saw him in twenty seventeen during the triplicate era. Mm-hmm. So I went to a show like this where he was mixing the standards with Bob Dylan songs and even as someone who was like a little indifferent about the records, and this is going to be reflected in what I say about this show is I really liked hearing the standards live and hearing it mixed with his uh, own material and and just hearing what the band did. I mean, my God, Donnie Heron, he's the, I'm just going to say right now, he's the early Roman King for me. I mean, the, the, the pedal steel uh, playing in this show is so goddamn gorgeous.
1: Come no. on no.
2: Yeah. You know, and it is the unifying thread between the standards and the Dylan songs. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't call this the best show we've done, but it's probably the prettiest show we've mm. done so far. It is so gorgeous to listen to. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is, it's a fascinating mix that we're going to be getting here. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to talk about.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we're getting the opportunity to talk some of the... Standards stuff here at this point, which is an era of the tour that we haven't really cracked into at all yet. Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's well established. Uh, mine and Evans' fondness for these records and this material um, by <laughs> by now, but. Steven, can you uh, maybe fill some folks in just on what your history with this era of just the albums, like Bob's decision to do these standards records in such a high volume of material in such a short amount of time, just you know, where, where you're at with these albums at the moment?
2: Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if this is going to bleed into our conversation about the show, I, I, because in my Pretty Good Stuff section, I, I said the standards. Sure. Was 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 at the top of my st- of my list, and I think the thing with me in the show versus the albums is like I think the albums are really pretty. The the issue I have is that there's not a lot of dynamic range on those records. Like mm-hmm. they kind of are in the same lane uh, all the time, and like yeah, I know like some are ballads, mm-hmm. some are like are a little more upbeat, but like I just feel like the you listen to those and. It gets to be pretty samey, and then the fact that he made like two other records after you know, uh, "Strangers in the Night" or is "Shadows in the Night." Shadow, you're doing it again. <laughs> I was called call "Strangers in the Night." Well, that's like the more famous. That's that, that, that's
0: a famous standard. That's like a, that's you know, yeah, one of the few Sinatra standards that Bob did not include in this right exactly fucking if, fifty different songs and spent two years.
1: Didn't he? No, he did. I'm thinking of some Enchanted Evening, maybe.
0: Yeah.
2: So I think Shadows in the Night, if that had just been the record, that that'd be one thing. But then to do another record, and then to do a triple record, <laughs> three it's more, like, okay? Yeah, it, it it felt a little much. But I think in this show, the way he mixes it up, it cures that problem for me mm-hmm. because you have these beautiful standards, and then he'll play early Roman kings, and then he'll do a standard, and he'll do Duquesne whistle, and like you're getting these different flavors rather than just like. The one flavor over, of course, over the course of a record. I'll say too that, look, I'll never dismiss a Bob Dylan record because there's too many examples of me not really feeling something initially. And then five years later, or or give or take a year or two, it's like my favorite record he's ever done. So I I anticipate a triplicate era for me. And if we're still doing this podcast, we can talk about (laughs) that. But, uh, but yeah, I I feel like in this show, it's like the perfect version of that for me. Like him in that mode, but then also doing his own songs mixed in.
1: I think that when you listen to the songs on this show, it's like... It, it's, cra- it's almost more than any other time in listening to Bob Dylan live performance. I don't know that there's any other example where it's like this sounds just like the record
0: that's a great point yeah
1: like this this really just is like wow like this this sounds exactly like the album because he's not fucking around i mean as much as we like that he's not doing that with these songs uh he's not giving them different kind of like uh, arrangements and time signatures he's going very close to the original arrangement but there's a very specific way it's being executed and just like he's not having to deal with his own lyrics and all their baggage that he has personally with it, he's also able, um, you know, just like like the band is able to focus on just, you know, they have the arrangement to go off of and then they can just put everything toward executing it in this very pared down and perfect way. He's doing the same thing vocally because everything's right there. You know, it's the lyrics are all right there. The melody is there the timing is there and so he just fills it with himself and it i i just like you can't even find like a piece of paper like to like a crack that you could slide a piece, piece of paper through it's just like so perfectly constructed uh that's why i i'll never even think about oh he shouldn't have done as much of this recording or as met uh, of these records because it's like it's straight up a perfect thing that he discovered that he could do with th- with this group of people and he was like not gonna waste that it's it's a it, it's something that he just struck while the irons was hot and put down as much as he could and uh, yeah. That's why I'm, you know, up. I love him for it. <laughs> like,
2: he made them in the same place that Frank Sinatra often recorded, and I, I could imagine him being attracted to that, like that seeming like it would be a fun thing to do. That's Capitol be-
0: Records on Vine Street in Hollywood, California, and,
2: and like those first two standards records that like came out of the same mm-hmm. session. So I mean, yeah. he must have just been knocking these out and having a really good time. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I would never say, oh, he shouldn't have put out all these records, like I. I think Dylan should do whatever he wants. I'm just saying it was a lot for me. It was a big meal that I have not yet been able to finish. Is, is all I'm saying? It's, like I'm just saying it's on me in terms of the records, and it's just an aesthetic that like it takes a while for me to warm up to. That you know, like, it
1: takes, it takes you, years. You have to get. I'm still getting older. there,
2: but but Dylan has expanded my horizons before, and he'll do it again here. I'm sure. I mean, you mentioned like as good as I've been to you. I mean, Bob Dylan with an acoustic guitar is just again that's know. aesthetic. I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with that. That's like very you know comfortable for me. Him working in this milieu, it's a little bit different. But um, yeah, again, I think live it works so well, and it is interesting to see how the spirit of the Standards Records infuses his own material. Mm. You know, mm. in a way that isn't overbearing, but there is that sort of. You know, to use a song title from Fallen Angels. There's a melancholy mood to the show. <laughs> well you know out.